Hi, everyone, and welcome to Campground Confidential, a podcast about starting, running, and growing your campground business. I'm Stephanie Puglisi. On each podcast episode, we'll talk to campground owners and other experts in the outdoor hospitality industry. We'll hear stories about what it's really like to own a campground, the good, the bad, and the ugly. From Park Vendor Review, this is Campground Confidential. My guest today is Ivan Schmarter. Ivan has been teaching, talking, and writing about digital marketing for outdoor hospitality for more than 20 years. Maybe you read her monthly modern marketing column in Woodall's Campground Management. Maybe you own a copy of her book, Marketing Your RV Park Campground Online. Or you have seen her speak at an industry event somewhere across the U.S. or Europe. Many of Evan's Grow Your Park business projects were firsts among the RV park and campground sector, such as Digital Marketing Benchmark Study, CPO Certified Digital Marketing Workshop, and the Digital Marketing Bi-Weekly Trend Digest. Her business, Road Abode Productions, is where outdoor recreation business owners and operators come for digital marketing consulting, program reviews, and destined-to-succeed mentorships. I personally have known Ivan for almost a decade and have gleaned so many insights about the industry from her work. And that's why I'm excited to have her joining us today on Campground Confidential. Welcome to the show, Ivan. Oh, Stephanie, thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. And let me say how delighted and excited I am that you're coming over to this side of the industry. Oh, man, I know you're going to bring so much value. And gosh, you're just great. So I'm oh, excited. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so for those listening, Ivan and I have interacted more on the side where we've been talking to uh, campers, right, about how to have a great time while they're camping. We used to love having Ivan on our other podcast to talk about food and RV travel. And now we're over here talking about the business angle. And I knew exactly who to come to for that as well. (laughs) So great. So great. It is. All right. So speaking of that, how you've touched so many aspects of this industry from both the business to the consumer side. You know, in my introduction, I mentioned that you've been in this industry for more than 20 years. Well, how did you get there? What brought you to the outdoor hospitality space and more specifically to helping campground owners market their campgrounds? In the year 2000, my husband and I decided to leave the corporate world behind. We were living in Portland, Oregon, and hit the open road as full-time RVers. Um, We thought it'd be about six months. Maybe we'd wind up in Florida, somewhere where it was nice and warm. But it was an adventure. You know, RVing is an adventure. So as full-timers, we traveled across the country many times, uh, really saw a lot about parks, saw a lot about campgrounds, understood what campers needed, what campers wanted. And um, one of the things that they didn't have were note cards, no RV note cards out there. And (laughs) what? Little things, right? Little things. And, you know, being us, we decided that we would create them. So we created a a line of RV note cards and thought, wouldn't this be great for parks to sell in their store? Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. So we went to what used to be called Arvik. We went to the Arvik Expo show and displayed there. And 
when we got there, we met lots of great people, including the leadership of Arvik. Um, those are back in the days of Linda Profazer and Karen Redfern, if anybody remembers them. Um, and Karen was- Redfern just inducted into the RV Hall of Fame. So, yes. Hallelujah. Congratulations, Karen. Congratulations to her. Exactly. Well deserved. Mm-hmm. Well deserved. Exactly. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, I, I also have a lot of background in marketing and writing and editing. And we talked a lot about that. Uh, I talked a lot about that with the Arvik staff. And from that point on, I became the editor of our monthly magazine called the Arvik Report. It, oh, okay. This is yeah. so interesting. I didn't know any of this. This is almost oh, yeah. very... Um, it's it, it's almost unintentional, right? It sounds like one step led to the other and it wasn't really this plan that you had, but re- you, you know, oh, this led to this led to this. Exactly. It's exactly how it worked. I didn't have a plan. I really wasn't looking for a job. I wasn't looking for a career change, but I don't know. It just seemed like something that was interesting. I love the industry. I know how to do it. I love the people. Uh, at Arvik that we were working with. And so it just came together. And I think when I took over, I think maybe it was like a 12 to an 18 page magazine. Um, We expanded it to up to 40 pages, I think, while I was there. And then it became a digital product. So I was at the Arvik report mm, over over 10 years, over a decade. And uh, okay. (laughs) So you made your mark there. And then was it time to move on after a decade? You felt like there was something else to do? It was just, yeah, it was just time. Um, But meantime, I had had an opportunity to meet so many of the state association leaders, the national association leaders, had an opportunity to share my marketing and educational knowledge in speaking and seminars and panels all over. So um, I really enjoyed that. And, and I've done that a little bit since I've left Arvik. Um, yeah, but it's been great. So tell me about your work with campground owners. What does that look like? And what do you find yourself, you know, really giving support to? What is what is it that people come to you? I know I'm on the content side of things, right? So when I interact with clients, they're coming to me with their content problems. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. know that this is important and we don't know what to do. What do you find yourself talking with campground owners about? What is it that they come to you and say, like, we're trying to figure this out. We don't know how to get these juices mm-hmm. flowing or to have an impact. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about strategy. Um, they'll come to me and they'll say, I know that I should be on you know, fill in the blank, the, the hot social media platform of the moment, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not really sure how to make that happen. I'm not sure how to develop a strategy. I'm not sure what the tactics are to be successful in that. I don't even know what it's like. What does success look like? Um, so I, I help them figure that out. We put together so- a plan. Okay. So you then have been doing that over the course, you know, you mentioned Facebook, like, you know, we can chart, of course, over the last 10 years, the emergence of the importance of these Mm -hmm. different platforms, right, on businesses. So you start with Facebook, then Instagram comes along, right? Then Pinterest really starts to make a splash for some people in that search engine Mm -hmm. optimization world. Then we have TikTok, you know, or LinkedIn. So we have these different platforms and you've been sort of there 
as people have grappled with how they're going to use these across their businesses. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you, (laughs) how do you keep the energy to remain current with these platforms that are just ever changing? Ever changing. Yes. You know, you just do. I'm, I'm excited to use them myself. I'm excited to use them in my business. So I'm excited to share them. And I do a lot of testing. You know, I can tell you that um, one of the very first educational sessions I gave for Arvik was about YouTube. It, wow. it was talking about creating video and why you'd want to create video and how you would create video. And um, really, that must have been like in 2003, yep. I think. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I'm glad to report that still and yet video is very important. YouTube is still very important. But, um, you know, I used those skills myself when you and I were together with the RV cooking show. Yeah, that was all YouTube based and then television based. So, so um, yeah. right. So I think that did you find the same sort of resistance when you, you know, when you were talking about YouTube and saying, you know, video is really important, which I think now very few people would question, right? Very few people would push back on you and say, no, it's not important that I have any video, right, of my campground out there for people to see. But at the time, did you get that resistance from people the same way now you might be getting TikTok resistance? I saw your Woodall's article recently on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right. You know, I, I, resistance um, <laughs> is futile. <laughs> yeah. Say. Uh, but, you know, I think back then it was like, a, mm, I'm not really so sure that sounds interesting, but I've got a lot of things on my plate. Um, But I'll tell you the truth, Stephanie, even now, even though everybody knows video is important in whatever form, whether it's YouTube or whether it's a reel on Instagram or whether it's on TikTok, um, it still just doesn't seem to make the grade. It it doesn't get prioritized in terms of the time that they spend. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that it's, uh, it's more complicated. Uh, You know, the other thing is that it's hard to determine ROI on those things. (laughs) Yeah. And and I have an article, I have a a whole chapter about that in my book, but it also is a Woodall's article. Um, And how to, how to determine what your ROI yeah. is. Right. And how to accept the playing field for what it is, right? And that you're going to measure ROI differently on a social media video than you're going mm-hmm. to on a Facebook ad. And mm-hmm. if you conflate right. the two and you try to measure them both with the same metrics or the same KPIs, you're not going to get an accurate read because mm-hmm. they're different, you know, different strategies altogether. Right. I've heard I've heard some people try to say, "Well, I can get this return, right? Like I can track the clicks through and the reservations made through these digital ads. I can't do that on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Through my stories or my reels. So therefore, your Facebook ads are more valuable or more successful. And it's really, it's apples and oranges in a lot of ways. It's like, um, I'm not really sure exactly if this is current, but it, it's like an RVer coming to your park and you saying, hey, where did you hear about us? And they said, oh, I saw the billboard as I was driving by. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the billboard triggered something because they had seen it online or they had heard a friend talk about it or they had watched a video that included your park. Yeah. You know, so it, it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge yeah. to measure those things. And, and it has always been. In, yeah, I think that's actually, I, I think that that's a great 
um, sort of analogy because you brand building is a very squishy idea in marketing, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it's so hard to really firm down what you mean when you talk about brand building. But I have seen this occur over the last 10 years in the campground industry where some um, campgrounds or campground chains were highly aware of the long-term gains behind Mm -hmm. brand building, behind everybody knowing who you were and what you're doing. And I've watched these random new RV parks or campgrounds be built. And because of like PR campaigns, um, or and uh, influencer campaigns and things like that. All of a sudden, everybody in the country is talking about this one campground mm-hmm. in Maine or mm-hmm. in Tennessee, right? Because and 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 tracking that back to the source is tricky, but we can nail those campaigns if we're willing to look to the long term a little bit more. I think so too, and and I think that um, some of it is generational. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, right. Some of it is generational. Certainly the larger parks that have a larger budget, a staff that specializes in this kind of marketing. That's one thing, you know, like um, maybe the Jellystones or the KOAs, yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but a smaller park, a, a family run park that's been in the family you know, since grandpa opened it up on a little square plot of land. Um, now what's happening is the younger generation is coming in. And these are the younger generation that use TikTok, that use these right. types of things, um, that that understand the power of PR, of a of a release mm-hmm. of of influencers, like you said. It, it's it's changing slow, but surely. Right. Uh, I, I think um, uh, Sandy Pines. I always think about Sandy Pines Campground in Maine um, yeah. when I think about this kind of PR centric campaign now. This opened years and years ago, and none of the people we were we were watching this marketing, you know, campaign go out. We were part of it, right? Of course, people we would always know who was doing this because we'd get the emails in our inbox. You know, we would be like, right. "Hey, you know, Stephanie and Jeremy, come on down." Um, and none of the people who did this marketing campaign, maybe I don't know, maybe seven years ago now, are still there. So I can't, you know, I'd love to have them on and do an entire study, right, on Mm -hmm. how they were in the Boston Globe and how they were Mm -hmm. in travel and leisure, right? And just blanketing the Mm -hmm. market with we are here. And this is a teeny tiny campground outside Mm -hmm. of Kennebunkport, Maine. But beautiful. but it's gorgeous and we love and it is a one and and you have to back it up with being a great campground right because when you're going to invite all of these people in and you're going to get yourself in the newspapers and people are going to come you you better have the goods <laughs> to right. deliver or you're going to get bad right. press so let's follow it up with it's not all PR <laughs> that's true. but yeah yeah i mean you know that's i guess that that's a long way around our discussion with saying that um that ROI is tricky but it's worth it to dive in and understand the long tail, I -hmm. think, of of using those strategies over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, thinking back on uh, different tactics, really, that people have used over time and with social media coming about over the past decade plus, um, we did a digital marketing benchmark study. In fact, we we did two of them. One was in 2013-14 and one in 16-17. And it just talked about it. It surveyed lots of park owners and operators and just talked about what they were using, if they thought they were successful, how they measured ROI. 
Um, it was interesting. It was interesting. And if we did it again, I'm sure it would be very different. Let's do it again. Even. Can we do it again? <laughs> I want to do it again. I'd yeah. love to do it again. Uh, we'll talk about that offline. So now let's transition into, I think something that just came out in that discussion is that you've been help, trying to help campground owners create video mm-hmm. <laughs> since 2003 is right what on. I heard in that discussion, right? And it sounds to me like, you know, that is still a struggle. And that resonates with me because I still, when I'm in workshops with um, campground owners, you know, I, I've done this sort of thing too, where you're working with people and you're trying to help them build these playbooks, right? That um, help implement these best practices. It still feels like their biggest concern is how do I fit this in, right? Mm-hmm. In between all of the other things that I need to do, how do I get video of my campground? Do you feel like it is still such a struggle for campground owners? I think it is still a yeah. struggle. And I think that sometimes there's the mentality that it needs to be studio perfect. Mm, um, yeah. And again- Not I, true. That can work against you. <laughs> not true. And, and again, I think it's generational. Right, um, right. You know, uh, the younger generation, you know, you just whip out your phone and you yep. take a little snippet of video and, and you upload it. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's fresh. It's unedited. It's real. Um, yeah. Authentic, so which it, was the word of the year. The word of the year. Authentic. <laughs> and it is authentic. Yes. And there's, you know, there's so many different topics that, that people could shoot, you know, Um themes and check-in and pools and facilities and restrooms, you know, all sorts of things that people well, can so film. Well, so let's dive into this a little bit more because it really sounds like, I mean, I think you have some real expertise in supporting specifically, like a lot of campground owners may say, well, you don't understand, right, to marketers, right? Well, you don't mm. understand what it's like to be mm-hmm. checking people in and bringing them to their campground and bringing them firewood. And then you're saying, take a video, <laughs> right? But you do understand, you, you know, mm. You've been there, you've been working in this industry for decades. So let's say, let's let's give some people some really actionable tips for incorporating video into their marketing strategy mm-hmm. in 2024. Like, I think I've heard your first tip, and I would second this, is don't be too glossy, mm-hmm. right? Be authentic and gritty. Like, don't be scared of gritty video, <laughs> Do you agree? (laughs) I I definitely agree. And don't feel like that's the only way. I think that for certain types of video, yeah, you want to be a little more polished, especially if it's like interview with the owner, interview with the Mm -hmm. managers, you know, or what's coming up. Um, Maybe a little bit more glossy, but hey, this is what, you know, the wet and wild weekend looks like. It doesn't need to be a production. It's just what wet and wild weekend looks like. Fun, Um, right, too, is attaching that fun to it. Um, Oftentimes, the glossy can kind of strip that out of the Mm -hmm. way. I think that was a great point. So for glossy, I would say yes. Um, Talking head interviews, Mm -hmm. right, pulled Mm -hmm. together. I also think um, sometimes those really short tours of a mm-hmm. campground should look pretty professional so people can feel like it's a really well-run organization, right? Mm-hmm. Um, th- that comes to my head. Anything else that you feel like should really be polished? You know, if you are showing off your facilities, maybe, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, you know, your new pool area, you want it to look good. I mean, there right. you can do a different kind of video. You can do an enjoyment video with campers, mm -hmm. but you can also do an introduction video, you know, or maybe yeah. the, the beginning of your season or the closing of your season. Those types of things. Maybe things that are on your website, right? That you can think about things that would live on your website as needing mm -hmm. to be a little more polished, a little more professional looking. Those drone videos maybe of the different mm -hmm. amenities can help with the camera. So maybe it's a platform issue and we look a little more glossy on our website and then we tend to be a little more um, unedited and authentic on our social platforms. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that you can't take out a snippet of a glossy and use it mm -hmm. on your platforms, your social media, and right. direct people use it. If you're writing an e-newsletter, you can use that. Right. Um, you can because it doesn't have to be the full two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. You just cut a piece out and, and use it. Well, so I think that that's good. We just <laughs> tip number one was <laughs> don't be afraid of unedited, right, easy video. But I think that's tip number two right there is make sure you use and reuse and reuse your video that you take. So many people I see don't chop it up into a million mm -hmm. different pieces over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you can use that same piece that same way on no. Facebook and Instagram and your email and your, your uh, website. No, there, there are different platforms. There are different needs for those platforms. Yeah. But um, I'm a huge proponent of cross-platform uh, posting right. and using anything. I mean, it could be a video, it could be a blog, it could be um, an article, it could be a press release. You can use that a dozen different ways. Right. And, and, and a tip for some people is that um, doing it natively, right? Editing it natively can help with mm -hmm. the algorithm. So yes, you have that big video that you already shot that's on YouTube, right? That people go and they can see the whole campground. But if you take that video from the original source and you take a little snippet of it and upload it to TikTok, make sure you edit it in TikTok. That's just a little mm -hmm. insider baseball. Put that text on in TikTok. TikTok mm -hmm. likes that. It doesn't like you taking something from Instagram and just right. pushing it over into TikTok. They punish you for that. These people are so insidious. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, well, think about it. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing with a campground or with any business. You know, you want, um, you want original, authentic yeah. experiences. <laughs> you know, you don't want the cookie cutter here, there, and there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they don't want sense. you seeing the same thing in, on all the different platforms. So you, try, right. so you try to tweak it a list. Okay, so I think that that's gr a great tip is like, think beyond single use video, right? Mm -hmm. Like have that bank that represents all these different areas of your campground and really think about different ways you can use them on different platforms to reach the audience that's there. That's right. But let's back up okay. just a second and let's talk about the audience that's there. I mean, who is your audience? Do you know who your audience is? It sounds really ridiculous when I say, I want you to make up your perfect avatar, your perfect yeah. customer. And I want you to tell me, what are her struggles? What does she love? How far does she travel? Who does she travel with? What does she like to do? What does she hate to do? Um, and then create these avatars or these pictures of your customers because she might not be on TikTok. It depends. Right. Or it depends on that demographic. She might love TikTok. She might um, only like to read emails. Right. 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 Um, or she might be really interested in learning 
uh, and interested in watching a, you know, an eight minute video versus like a two minute quick, quick, quick video. So you have to know who your customer is to determine where you're going to be posting and what you're going to be posting. I mean, who wants to create something great that you think is great that (laughs) your people aren't interested in? How do you encourage your campground owners to really dive deep into who their customer is? Um, I'm wondering sometimes if I I see in the RV space a little bit, it takes, there's a lag time Mm -hmm. for people understanding that their customer has changed. (laughs) And sometimes I wonder if this happens in the campground space too, right? Like you knew who your customer was five years ago um, and it's taken you maybe a little bit of time to realize that that customer may have changed a little bit. Um, So how do you encourage your campground owners to stay current, right? And to really be tapped into the pulse of who's showing up at their campground? Mm -hmm. Certainly getting out there or having some staff members, if you've got a management team, getting out there, talking to people, understanding who they are. Same thing at shows. Um, If you are getting, if you're a particular type of campground and you're trying to push a particular Mm -hmm. style and you're not getting any resonance with that, um, you can do surveys. You know, you can do a quick, uh, just a really quick survey. And today with texting, you could do Mm -hmm. a text survey, boom, just like that. And you could get information back. Uh, Yeah. So so really just getting out there and asking. Right. And and I like that you you really pointed out two opposite ends of the marketing spectrum there. Right. You said get out there and interact with your guests. Right. That's as hands on and personalized Mm -hmm. as it gets. And then the other end of things is automation. And mm-hmm. that's really valuable too, right? Where your customers are automatically getting a survey um, and people want to give you information and feedback, right? So if you mm-hmm. send that email, I mean, KOA is dialed in on this, right? If right. anybody stayed at a KOA, let me tell you something, they don't let you get away without sending you those follow-ups mm-hmm. and saying, how was your time here? Tell us everything we, you know, and because of that, they get feedback. So it's like, you know, look at what they're doing and say, I want that feedback too. I want to know what people thought about mm-hmm. their stay. Um, so I like that bo- those things that you pointed out really, you know, both maintain that personal touch and then also use mm-hmm. the, the most modern tech tools mm-hmm. for autom- automation. Absolutely. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a survey after they leave. It could be a survey while they're there. Right. You know, some parks that are a little bit larger, a little more seasonal can have a focus group. Mm -hmm. And I find that that's really useful because people love to be part of the, the click, you know, part of it all. Yes. Um, So if that's the type of park that you're running um, or the type of park that you want to run something with a seasonal following, that's a way to do it too. One of the many ways you should be doing it. Right. And, and, and the great point about that is sometimes the loudest person is not always the person who's expressing the most common viewpoint. And if you have a big seasonal audience, there might be someone that's always saying their opinion, but that might, might not be the majority of people. So bringing in those groups and letting, you know, people who won't necessarily go out of their way to complain about something <laughs> or right. give you feedback, I think really soliciting feedback is important mm-hmm. as a business owner, not just waiting for the people who like mm-hmm. to share it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's true with reviews too, right? You have to remember there's a certain kind of person that leaves a review without any prompting, mm-hmm. and you kind of want to solicit 
those opinions from people who may not do that. So Mm -hmm. going out and actively seeking that feedback is a great way to grow your business. Mm -hmm. And if you have enough, I mean, one or two are not enough. Yes, you know, if, yes. If you have a large sampling, then you can kind of weed out the ones that really have an axe to grind. Maybe we're asked to, you know, keep it down after 10 o'clock or, or whatever. Um, and the ones that, you know, got everything comped for them. Right. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, know. There's, there's both of those. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Weed it out. Sample size. Read those reviews carefully. And also, I some of the best recommendation that I ever got regarding reviews was to look at those three star reviews. So, Mm -hmm. kind of okay, five star, great. They loved everything. You hit the nail on the head. One star. mm, If you have a good product, they're probably really upset about something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ten o'clock curfew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they may not be your customer. Right. And that's okay. Like if it wasn't a good fit, but the, the three star reviews, oftentimes there's somebody who wanted to be happy, Mm -hmm. but for some reason they weren't. And to look and to really notice what it was that kept them from truly enjoying their experience, Mm -hmm. um, is valuable. So that's just a piece of advice that resonated with me. Definitely. I definitely agree. And these people are taking the time to let you right. know. Yeah. Because so, they want it to be better. Right. Well, yeah. that was incredibly helpful discussion, I think, on video, even though we ranged into um, review feedback somehow. But <laughs> but I think that we can. It went there. It went there. <laughs> it Wait, went there. I, have, I have one more okay. video tip. If okay, I can, please. If I may Absolutely. Share that. I don't want the owner operator to think that they are responsible for going out and taking those videos mm-hmm. there. You know, if you've got work campers, if you've got high school kids that work for you in the summer, if you've got a, a, a son, a nephew, uh, a granddaughter, um, even customers that have come back once or twice or three times, let them take the video. Yep. You know, let let them work on it. it. It doesn't have to be you out there. Oh my gosh, I don't have time to do this and this and this and this. Yeah, spread it out. You know, if you don't uh, absolutely. Like it, don't use it. No, and that's the great thing is that's why setting up a playbook for this sort of thing and saying this is the kind of video we'd love you to grab, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's really easy to set up a shared folder. Mm-hmm. People can airdrop those. Those kids know how to airdrop a file into that shared Google Drive. So easy. You think it's hard. They don't. They'll teach you. They can teach you. (laughs) They'll show you how to do it. And you can get that video dropped right in there. And someone that you trust to manage your social platforms can then put it out there, right? You don't have to give access to your social platforms to everybody in order to make that kind of thing work. It can be a, uh, it can be a process that feels easy and seamless. You just Mm -hmm. have to, you know, take the time to set it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, those were great. I think those are that w- those are really great tips for someone who just feels a little bit, which we all do all the time, feel overwhelmed by social media and the need mm-hmm. to really be in all places all the time, it feels like, right? But mm-hmm. backing up, having a strategy, understanding what you're trying to accomplish, and then just setting up those steps to make sure that you're feeding the beast, I think, um, makes mm-hmm. it feel a little more manageable. Exactly. Knowing who you want to reach and what you want that outcome to be and how are you going to measure it? 
Yes. Part of the strategy. Always know what success looks like, right? Well, that is a whole nother episode. <laughs> what success looks like. That's a whole life right there, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> what success looks like. We'll yeah. put a pin in that and come back next time and talk about how to measure right. what success looks like. I think that right. we'll have to have you back for that one. Um, okay. Well, but we can't let you go without lightning round. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. Okay. I think you are. I think that you've got this, um, in the bag. Okay. So (laughs) I have to turn to my lightning round questions. Here we go. Okay. What do you do better than anyone? Hmm. I help people figure things out. I listen, I share. We go around and do that loop again and again. All right. What is your favorite thing about working in the campground industry? Mm, Probably the people. Yeah. They're different sort of people, right? They are. I mean, they are so genuine and so enthusiastic and so that word again, authentic. Yep. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's great. Okay. Well, what's your least favorite thing? (laughs) You have to say it. Yeah, my least favorite thing is when I get to a park that I have had one expectation about and it does not look at all like it like it does on the website or like it yeah. does on social media. I think that that is uh, such a business killer. Yeah. Oh, now you've worked with so many campground owners over the years and have tracked so many stories. So I have to know, what is the one piece of advice you would give to someone who just told you we're purchasing our first campground? Mm-hmm. One, one, the one. most important thing. <laughs> I think that probably the most important thing I would ask them to do is create a written strategy that includes their tactics. And it's a big strategy. It's everything from who my customer is to how I'm going to reach them to, again, like we just talked about, how am I going to measure if I'm successful? But have it in writing and have a review process scheduled. It doesn't have to be just one person either. It can be your staff. It can be uh, you and your husband or wife or partner. But uh, yeah, yeah, write it down. Write it write down. It down. And, write it and down. And refer back to it. You know, it's a living document. And I think people hate to do that. Oh, yeah. Because I've got it in my head. It's okay. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yvonne, do you ever camp for fun? Oh, all the time. I, I knew that. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. But you'd be amazed at how many people don't, right? <laughs> Who yeah. work in an industry. So, yeah. well, so you it know, is. No, go ahead. No, it is one of those lightning round questions that I wonder when I'm going to get surprised. So, but I understand yeah. too that some people might be like, that is work. I need to do something so far away from my work, you know? Right. But, you know, not being a, a park owner, a full time RVer is very different. Yes. Yeah, yes. Than that. And you know, of course, we can do the digital nomad thing. So that's the beauty of today. It's on trend. All right. Mm. What is the biggest mistake you see new campground owners making? Mm, 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 mm. Let's see. I, I made a note here. Um, hmm. I think the biggest mistake that new park owners make is thinking that they're going to open up and people will come Mm. and not really defining who they want to come Mm -hmm. or what they're going to be providing that is spot on a match 
with those yeah. people. Yeah. Wow. Good one. Yeah. All right. This is a little different. What is the biggest mistake you see veteran campground owners making? <laughs> you know, um, it's different for small parks than it is for larger parks, right? The larger parks, again, have more resources, mm-hmm. um, may belong to a 20 group. By the way, if, you're, um, if, if your viewers don't know about 20 groups, especially through I know. Is, is it OHI? It's OHI. Yes. Now. Yeah, yeah. I knew you were. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've heard that that is one of the most helpful resources that some new campground owners have received. It is sensational. And and mm-hmm. veteran park owners mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a non-competitive thing. So it's really great. But again, um, it's it's writing down your plan and, and tracking your success. I think right. that, that is a, is the same thing for a, a veteran park owner. You got to do yeah. it. And, and getting in, getting in with depends on how veteran you are. I mean, are you using texting? Are you considering AI? Right. You know what? Right. What are you doing that is today? Yeah, keep up with the keep up with the tech. Right, it's hard oh, and yeah, it can be tiring, hard. but you know, try to make it worthwhile. Okay, last right. one. Would you ever buy a campground? <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no, thank you. No, no, no. I'm too nomadic for that. Yes. I would not be able to do that. And look, I have, I have all the business I can handle right here in my living room. <laughs> I know. I So my it's so funny. I hear from a lot of campground owners that they don't feel that people understand how um, hard their job is, right? They just like, people think that it's fun. And I said, well, that's, you know, I do understand that because people think that I camp for fun, but really I sit in front of a computer and write about camping. (laughs) I'm like, no, it's not my, my job is not camping. Um, so yeah. Um, so I understand that and they say it's so hard. And I'm like, I understand that more than anybody. Mm -hmm. Every time I think about being a campground owner, I just get really tired. (laughs) Because I, I know how hard they work. <laughs> you know, you see these articles once in a while. And it says they love to camp, so they bought a piece of land yeah. and they bought their favorite campground. <laughs> and I think I'm going to come back to you in about three years and say, "How's that working for you?" Yeah, yeah, you you'll know? never camp again. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I hope, yeah, I hope it's working. It's not. Yeah, and it's and yeah. it's true that you can make it work for you. We have another great campground owner, a young part of that younger generation of campground owners that's coming along. And um, she's on going to be on the sh- a show coming up. And, mm-hmm. she, you know, she's camping all during the off season with her family down mm-hmm. south. And I just love that for her. So mm-hmm. it's really about creating the life that you want. But for some of us, we know the life that we want probably doesn't involve um, buying a campground. And it seems like you and I are both on the same page. As- <laughs> It most definitely doesn't, but it doesn't mean that she can't stay someplace like, or go on a cruise or stay at a a resort and take some tips from there. So if she's tired of camping, you know, get yourself to a hotel with some events or that's true. make, uh, make use of that because competitors are everyone. It's it's true. And bringing the things that people love about those other experiences into the campground experience um, is really Mm -hmm. worthwhile. As someone that does that, and I go to all the different glamping um, places, Mm -hmm. too, to see what are they doing right and, you know, what can Mm -hmm. other campground owners bring into this. So. 
Good talk. Well, <sighs> Ivan Schmarter, thank you so much for joining us on one of these early episodes of Campground Confidential. I appreciate you being willing to kind of wing it and come on the show and talk to everybody about your expertise. Well, gosh, Stephanie, again, it's my pleasure. My <laughs> pleasure to be on Campground Confidential. Let's not keep this confidential. Yes, it's going to be out there and hopefully we'll get you back in the future. That's great. You're a pleasure. Thank you for All having right. me. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Campground Confidential from Park Vendor Review. If you are a campground owner, operator, manager, or employee, make sure to sign up at parkvendorreview.com to search for vendors, read and write reviews, and access our library of resources. If you are a vendor in the outdoor hospitality space, head over to parkvendorreview.com and claim your listing today. We'll be back with another episode of Campground Confidential, but until then, visit us at parkvendorreview.com where we make vendor decisions simple.